that is so true that you are worthy of our praises. So help us this morning. Help us to to really just be drawn to you. Holy Spirit, do the work of illumination in our hearts. I pray that you will just work in this place this morning. Father, I pray that you will make in us, like we are going to praise something or someone, I pray that you will make us a people of praise of your name, because your name is so worthy to be praised. And so this morning, Father, I pray that you'll help these kids know you in that deeper level, to like really intellectually know how great you are, and allow that to penetrate into their heart and change their will, change their soul, change their entire life here this morning. Father, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Kids, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful, wonderful time. Good morning. Boy, what an amazing sight that is to see from this vantage point. So please continue to pray for our, our children and the leaders down there in the barn. And in fact, if you are interested in serving down there, be sure to get in touch with one of the church leaders. I know we can always use more people, especially as the numbers increase. All right, my name's Craig, and I'll be doing the scripture reading this morning. Today's passage comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Verse 11. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So then all things... God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And church, isn't it great that the scriptures are as relevant today as they were back then? Amen. Thank you, Craig. Morning. How's everybody doing? Good. You are here, cold, rainy, spring forward morning. That's a great start. How many people you think will come in in about 35 minutes from now? <laughs> so, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Hey, my name is Dallas. If I haven't met you, I'd love the opportunity to meet you after the service, introduce yourself, get to know you uh, just a little bit better. I'd love to start our time here today, um, today in prayer. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Hope Church was birthed out of Grace Meadows about this time last year, and Hope Church this weekend is, is reeling. Um, they are very much mourning uh, because they lost someone tragically. A very young man on their worship team uh, tragically was, he was walking his dog, and a car ran off the road and hit him and killed him, and they are very much obviously mourning this morning. So I'd love to just pray for them. As we get started, Father, we come to you and we just, man, we just pray for you are the great comforter. And so, Father, I pray 
this morning that you will provide comfort into that church body. Father, you are always near to the brokenhearted, and I pray this morning that that will just be abundantly true there in that church. Father, I pray for great counsel during this time. Please work through uh, Pastor Will, Pastor Rick, and that group. Father, I pray for just an abundance of just peace, like a supernatural, just weird peace. And in the ways that they mourn, I pray that you'll help them to mourn well and to continue to mourn, not as those who don't have hope, but as those who do have hope, that the fact that this situation will never be a good situation, but you can take good from this situation. And I pray that you will make good from it. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will draw people near through this situation. I pray that there will be so many testimonies from this situation, Father. And I pray most of all that you will comfort the family of Steve Jackson here this weekend. Father, be with them. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in our, the fourth week of our Word of Their Testimony series, and so far we've heard people uh, at late stages in their life come to know and follow Jesus, uh, situations that seemed really hopeless, but God worked in that space and produced life change. And then we talked about how God has also produced ministries out of our willingness just to be open-handed and say, yes, Lord, I'll go, I'll serve, pick me, I'd love to do that. And then last week we talked about how God is near to the brokenhearted, that in situations that seem so rough and so painful, and they are in fact so rough and so painful, that God actually still moves in those spaces. He sees it, he cares, he understands, and he can produce good from them. And this week you're going to get to hear from somebody on stage who, um, who knows what it is to activate the gifts in her life that God has given to us. And so she's going to process through that in her story here in a little bit, but you're stuck with me for the next few minutes. Uh, when we talk about gifts, we're talking about gifts of the Spirit. So when we give our life to Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit in us, and there's two very important things to keep in mind about living life in the Spirit. It, it, it's these. Uh, number one is staying in step with the Spirit, and two is activating the gifts of the Spirit that He's so graciously given us. Now, both of these are crucial, because if we uh, do not stay in step with the Spirit, then those gifts will not be accompanied by good character. And if we do not activate the gifts that God's given to us, then we're robbing our church community, we're robbing our families, we're robbing um, our workplaces, we're robbing our very selves of the body of Christ functioning in the way that it was intended to. Now, let's take the first one. Staying in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So that's what we're talking about. If we want the fruit of the Spirit to be produced in our lives, that comes by staying in step with the Spirit. So there's a song I've been listening to the last couple of weeks. It's by a group called House Fires, and it's called Open Space. If you're looking for a good worship song, it's called Open Space. And she essentially says, um, God, where are you going? What are you doing? I'm open. My heart is an open space for you. And the point being that if we want to see any good fruit in our lives, it will only come by walking in step or staying in step with the Spirit each day. And so for us, there's no good fruit to be had unless we're walking in step with 
the Spirit. And so that's outward and that's inward. For me personally, the outward is easy. God, who do you want me to serve today? That's fine, I'll go. But the inward can be very difficult. It's asking the question, God, what in me is not of you? What is inside of me that is not of you? Is there anything that you want to uproot in my life? Is there anything that, that I'm doing that you're saying, you know what, Dallas, that is not of me. That's not the way to go. And that's hard. That takes a bit more, right? But God wants to work in that space. He wants to address those things so that we can more clearly stay in step with the Spirit. And I think for us, for the church to operate in its best function, it takes all of us as individuals to every day say, I'm going to stay in step with the Spirit so that the fruit of the Spirit will be produced. Things like Galatians 5, and 23, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these things are produced when we stay in step with the Spirit. And when we activate the gifts of the Spirit, it needs to be accompanied by good character, right? And good character is produced when we stay in step with the Spirit. So that's the first one that's so important for us to stay in step with the Spirit. Now, the second one is also crucial. It's activating the gifts of the Spirit. So this is a complementary thing for us as the church because if I bring my gifts to the table, that's not enough. If you bring your gifts to the table, that's not enough. It takes all of us because we're one body and we have all kinds of different functions, all kinds of different gifts to bring to the table. So for us, it is staying in step with the Spirit and activating the gifts that he's given to us. Now, one thing to note about activating our gifts, we don't have to be in step with the Spirit in order to have gifts of the Spirit. Now, that, to me, is a little bit of a scary thought, right? That, that, if, that if I don't have good character but good gifts, then those things won't be utilized the way that God intended. And I think that this is one of the reasons why churches put up with domineering leadership over the years because we value the gifts of the spirit without also being accompanied by the fruit of the spirit so we'll see a pastor treat his kids like dirt but we'll let it slide because we just heard a great message or there's a woman who has the gift of prophecy and we say wow this is such a powerful gift so we let go of the fact that she's treating people in an unloving manner. This is putting the gifts of the Spirit over the fruit of the Spirit, but they've got to be linked. They've got to go hand in hand, because if we don't have the fruit of the Spirit, then we will not be able to see the gifts being activated in the appropriate way. See, the pastor only gave a great message because he's been given a gift, the gift of teaching. Not necessarily because he's walking in step with the Spirit. In fact, Paul even says, he says, look, if I speak in the tongues of angels, which is one of the spiritual gifts, but I do not love, which is one of the fruit of the Spirit, then I've really done nothing, right? And so for us, it's really valuing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and in our church body and bringing those gifts to the table. Now, 
one thing to note is that I think a lot of people don't bring their gifts to the table because they don't acknowledge that they have those gifts. It almost feels in a way like it's prideful to acknowledge the gifts that we have, but the reality is that if we don't activate those gifts, we're actually robbing our church community and our family and ourselves of our purpose, of functioning in the best way. I think one of the best things that we could do, one of the most loving things we can do for our brothers and sisters is to activate our own spiritual gifts and bring those to the table. I think that's so important for us. And so, maybe you're here today and you don't know what those spiritual gifts are. Well, they can be found, first of all, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 4 through 11. So I encourage you to go seek those out and look at those and, and ask God, what are those gifts that I have? And how can I activate those? And also, we should seek to affirm other people the gifts that God has given to them as well. I think that's so important, that we all have a gift. If we've been given the Holy Spirit in our lives, we all have at least one spiritual gift that we ought to bring to the table. Now, instead of me continuing to talk about the spiritual gifts and teach about the spiritual gifts, I thought it may be better to have somebody testify to what it looks like to activate those gifts in her life. So, Please welcome Tara Lorenzen to the stage. Well, good morning. As Dallas said, my name is Tara. If you don't know me, I have the privilege of helping to lead our women's ministry here. And my husband is Matt. He's the tall guy who usually does the announcements on Sunday. He's also an elder here and helps lead our youth ministry. We love this church so much. When Dallas asked me to share my testimony this morning, I was both excited and a little bit overwhelmed as to where to start. Um, so if it's okay with you guys this morning, I think I'm going to start briefly at the beginning to help you understand a little bit where I come from. I grew up in a Christian home with wonderful Christian parents who are sitting right back there. Um, I came to know Jesus at an early age. I was a pretty good kid. Even during my teenage years, I hung out with a crowd that was a little rough around the edges, but I was kind of always known as the goody two-shoes of the group. And I think looking back, I prided myself on that, and that created within me a sort of self-righteousness. I had very little compassion on people who made wrong choices or went down the wrong path. After college, the Lord brought Matt into my life, and we have now been married 13 years. Um, a couple years after we got married, we welcomed our first daughter, Ava, and then a couple years after that, our second daughter, Allie June. And it was at that point in my life, as a stay-at-home mom of two young children, that I began to feel like the Lord was calling me deeper into my walk with him. For lack of a better way to explain it, I felt like he had something more for me. And I didn't know what that was or what it would entail or even I wasn't exactly sure how I was supposed to get into this deeper walk with the Lord. But what I decided I was going to do is I decided I was going to start reading my Bible and praying every single day. 
sounded simple enough. It sounded like a reasonable goal. And it wasn't that I didn't read my Bible or pray prior to that time. I just hadn't been super, super consistent with it. But that next year I was. I was consistent. I'm sure there were days here and there that I missed. But for the most part, I was reading my Bible and I was praying every day. And as simple as that sounds, I firmly believe that that changed the whole trajectory of my life. Looking back now, I realize that the Lord used those simple acts of devotion and obedience as the season of preparation for me for all that was going to come over the next few years. If you're here this morning and you feel like God is calling you deeper, maybe you feel in just your spirit that he has something more for you, man, I would encourage you. Start praying, start reading your Bible every single day or as often as you can. And I really believe it will give you a clearer view to watch his hand unfold in your life. So almost a year into this new pattern in my life, I felt like the Lord was nudging me to get baptized again. I had been baptized as a very young girl. And looking back on that, I wasn't sure if I fully understood at that time the decision that I was making, the commitment that I was making to follow Christ. So I talked to our pastors who were here at the time. We talked about that together. Um, and they agreed that I should be baptized again. So five years ago, this past September, I was baptized out in that cold pond. And it was cold. And before my husband baptized me that day, I had an opportunity to speak and to share my heart with the congregation that had gathered to witness the baptism. And after the baptism, after I had spoken, I had one of our leaders, one of our elders come up to me afterwards. And he said, you know, as you were speaking, I really felt in my heart, like the Lord was saying that he's calling you to begin teaching his word. Now, this resonated with me because this wasn't the first time this had happened. This was the second time this had happened. But now this time, after this year of study and preparation, I knew in my spirit that this leader was simply affirming what God had already been telling me. It was confirmation that, that this is what God had been preparing me for. I was going to begin teaching his word. And I was pumped. And I was excited. And I was scared. And I also had no earthly idea how I was going to do it or what that even meant for my life. At that time, uh, there were not really any opportunities for women to teach at our church other than in the kids' barn to the kids. And I did volunteer there. Uh, but we had, no, we had no women's ministry we had no women who taught during our corporate gathering. So I was kind of like, Lord, if this is what you have for me, then you're going to have to do this. Like, God, how are you going to do this? And I had others, you know, insinuate to me. And I think the enemy was whispering in my ear, you know, if you're not a pastor's wife, if you're not a pastor's daughter, then the chances of this door opening up for you are just very slim. And I'm not any of those things. My dad is not a pastor. My husband is not a pastor. I am just a girl who sat in a pew the majority of her life, much like most of you. So during that season, I was very tempted to be discouraged. But the Lord, he enabled me to focus not on who my dad is, not on who my husband is, but on who my father is. And there is not a door that my father opens that anybody can shut. And so I began and I continued to pray for opportunities to use the gift that I felt like the Lord had given me if 
that is what he wanted. And just a short time after that, he led me uh, to help begin our women's ministry here at Grace Meadows, Women of Grace. And y'all, it was incredible. It was incredible. It wasn't just me. We developed a whole leadership team. And I will never forget our very first meeting in the basement of that kid's barn down there. There were 68 women cram-packed in the basement of that kid's barn. And I had no microphone. We had no music, no sound system. I was terrified. And I'm pretty sure I said, um, at least 100 times the first time I taught. But the Lord used it. He still used it. And I always explain it as I felt, I felt like I was Peter stepping out of that boat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Onto those waters. Like I was stepping out. And I was, I was scared. I was so nervous. And the, the wind and the waves, they were all around. But when I stepped out in faith, it held. The, the waters didn't consume me. The fear didn't consume me. The Lord, he held me up. And it was incredible. So I, I continued teaching at our monthly women's events. And Women of Grace was, was thriving. It still is thanks to the Lord and his grace and his mercy. Um, other women from other churches began coming. We had this rock-solid leadership team that was just filled with these amazing women. And things were going great. And, and I was good until I wasn't anymore. Shortly after, I began walking in this calling on my life. Major attacks came on my life. Attacks on my family, attacks on my marriage, attacks on my personal well-being. And I'm not going to go into detail about all those this morning, but I do want to share something with you that I'm very passionate about. The Lord has gifted each of us. He has gifted each of us. And I think a lot of times, like Dallas said, we either don't want to acknowledge the gifts that he has given us or we try to fool ourselves into thinking they're not that important, that they're not going to be that impactful. They're not going to be that influential. So it's okay if we don't use them because somebody else is going to use theirs. It's not that big of a deal. It was a big enough deal to the enemy that when I started using mine, he tried to do everything that he could to stop me. And he almost won. Y'all, the first season of me walking in this calling all my life ended with me being in a season of debilitating depression. I had never experienced depression before that time in my life, and I've never experienced it to that extent, praise God, since that time in my life. And I don't want to play the victim this morning because I think there were two things that led to this place of depression. The first thing was I fell out of step with the Spirit. Sin entered my life. And now sin is not always a cause of depression. Um, so if you're going through depression, I'm not saying that you're in sin. That's not always the case. But for me, sin did contribute to the depression that I went through. But then number two, I do think it was a deliberate attack from the enemy to try to derail the path that I was on. So those two things led me to a place of depression that then caused me to isolate myself. If you've been through depression, you know how that is. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to do anything. You want to be alone. And there is this darkness, this, this hopelessness that fills you that is not, not explainable. I knew how blessed I was. I could look at my family. I knew how blessed I was. But honestly, that only made it worse. Because I, it made me feel worse for the way that I felt. 
It was consuming. I couldn't be a good wife. I couldn't be a good mom. I was broken, completely broken. And putting on a face for the outside world was exhausting to me. It was so exhausting. During that time in my life, I couldn't study God's word like I had been used to doing. And I couldn't even pray with my own words. And if you know me, you know that prayer is kind of my thing. But I couldn't even come up with my own words to pray. But there was one thing I could do. I would turn to the Psalms. And there were particular Psalms that I would pray over and over again. I didn't have my own words, so I just used his. And Psalms 51 was one of those. And I would just beg the Lord to help me. And I, and I would tell him, like, God, if you will just have mercy on me, if you will just pull me out of this darkness, then I will spend the rest of my life telling others of your mercy and your compassion and your grace. So if it's okay, I'm going to read one of those psalms that I kept going back to over and over again. I'm going to read a portion of it this morning, and it's Psalms 51. It's not going to be on the screen um, if you'll just listen as I read. Psalms 51 verse 1 says this. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And in this next verse, I prayed over and over again, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And then the passage transitions. And I'm so thankful to be living on the other side of the transition now. It says this, then, then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will shout of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite or a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. And so that's what I did. I brought to him my broken spirit. Day in and day out, I just brought it to him, asking him to help me. I kept asking for him to help me. If you are in a place of darkness, if you are in a place of depression, man, keep asking him. Keep bringing your broken spirit to him over and over again. He will hear you. Although at the time I felt like I was in this dark season for an eternity, 
he heard my cries and he relented and he did it. He did it. He he pulled me out of the muck and the mire and he he shook off my sackcloth and my ashes. And he taught me more about himself through that dark period in my life than I ever knew before. And that banner of self-righteousness that I used to carry around is now replaced with mercy and compassion for other people. The me that had never really faced anything hard in my life has now seen the mighty hand of God pull me from all-consuming darkness. His loving kindness led me to a greater place of repentance than I had ever known. And I will spend the rest of my life using the gifts that he has given me to tell others of his goodness and his love. Y'all, he has gifted you too. He has gifted each of you too. And the enemy wants you to buy into the lie that your gifts really don't matter that much. That they're not going to be that impactful. They're not going to be that useful. So don't worry about it. Man, even our own flesh fights against it. It's not always the enemy. We just don't want to do it because it's, it's hard, right? But I'm telling you, once you activate these gifts in your life, once you start walking in these gifts, you will experience life more abundantly. You will experience life outside of the boat, the life that he created you to live. And maybe you're here tonight and, or this morning and, and you are convinced there's no place for you. There's no place for your gifts. There's no place for, for you. I know what that feels like. I felt like I just didn't fit. Like, right gift, God, wrong person, clearly. I felt like a fish out of water. Like there was just nowhere for me. He made a way. He made a place for me. He is our way maker, and he will make a way for the gifts that he has given you. He just desires from us a willing heart, and he'll do the rest. Dallas, I'm going to let you wrap it up for us this morning. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Just curious, how many of you, just show of hands, have been affected in some way by God activating his gifts within Tara. Just raise your hand real quick. That's what happens when you just say yes to God. That's what happens. So if you're here today and you feel like, you know what, I don't know what it looks like to activate my gifts. I don't know if I should do that. When you stay in step with the Spirit of God and you activate those gifts, it's going to affect the people around you. And so thank God that Tara just said yes. And so here this morning, as we kind of wrap up, I just want to kind of tie a bow on the whole thing with uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So for us, to stay in step with the Spirit, it is to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts that He's given us. Because, y'all, there is so much power in these gifts. That when we activate those gifts, we're, we're activating the power of God in our lives. Now he says, especially that you may prophesy in order, uh, 
so that God gives you a revelation that if the church, if your family, if the people that you do life with are going the wrong direction, that to prophesy is a message from God to say, no, 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 we need to go this direction. And so that's why he adds that part in there. But I don't know this morning what your next step is. Maybe it's the first point that we talked about. Maybe it is staying in step with the Spirit. Maybe we need to have a posture each morning of saying, God, where are you going? I mean, what are you doing? And how can I have an open heart to go along with you? Or maybe it's in activating your gifts. Maybe you felt like, you know, I don't really think I bring all that much to the table. I want to encourage you this morning that you absolutely do. And if you don't want to do it for you and your purpose, do it for your brothers and sisters. Activate those gifts in your life. And if you're here today and you struggle to affirm gifts in other people, and maybe that's your next step. The people in your family, the people that you work with, the people inside of the church to say, you know what, I see this in you. I mean, I I don't know if you've ever taken note of this, but you have this gift from God. Man, I'd encourage you as the church to affirm the people around you. Guys, if we can become the kind of people who stay in step with the Spirit and activate the gifts of the Spirit in our lives, man, that is truly living life in the Spirit, is it not? So as we enter a time of worship, if you need somebody to pray with, Tara and I will be around. If you need somebody to pray with, we'd love to pray with you. Also, the altars are open if you need to pray that way as well. Let's pray together and then we'll worship. Father, we thank you that we have access to your power in our lives. I mean, you're so gracious to us to to give us these gifts. Holy Spirit, we thank you. And I I pray this morning that if there are some who are just saying, you know, I don't really know if this is for me. I mean, I don't know if I bring much to the table. Holy Spirit, I I pray that you'll draw them close to you this morning and, and reveal and call the enemy out as a liar in that way. That this is not of you, this is of the enemy. And so, Father, I pray that we'll hear your voice a little bit more clearly here this morning. Father, if there are people that need to step into uh, being led by you, I pray that you'll reveal that to us. Father, we, we so love it when, man, you're just doing stuff in our lives. And so I pray that you'll work one more time here this morning. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen.